I think we ought to sing a little longer. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Good seats over here tonight. Good crowd. Hope you've had a good day. I'm enjoying this balmy weather a lot better. <laughs> anyway, it's all good. Now, it's, uh, it's a privilege and a, a good opportunity to be here tonight. I, I look out here and there's a lot of people more qualified than I am, but I'll be glad to try to say what I can. Let me turn my mic on here, I guess. Calm down here and I got all nervous. I hate when that happens. <laughs> Now, can y'all hear me? That's pretty good. You can hear me now. Well, let's uh, take our Bibles tonight. Uh, let's go to Luke chapter 17, verses 26 and 27. We've been studying in Revelation so long, I just keep thinking about, I say we're in the last days, and uh, certainly you don't have to look very far to see that, I don't believe. But... Uh, who knows, we may have to go a while longer. I still say we're the uh, tribulations generation. I think we'll get to go home and be with the Lord. Might not even have to pass on, just pack, go up. That would be a wonderful thing. Well, anyway, let's, uh, look, let's read these two verses and we'll get into our lesson tonight. It says, And it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the, la in the days of the Son of so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll get into our lesson. Father, I love you. I thank you for this opportunity tonight. Lord, I certainly don't feel worthy to stand here. But, Lord, because of Jesus, I am worthy because I'm one of yours. I'm one of your children. Lord, I'm a child of God, and that makes me qualified to do this tonight. Lord, I just want to say a few things tonight as we uh, look in your word. We think about where our country is. Lord, we're a small place here in Rafine. I don't see a lot of the world, but I do see how our country has changed so much in the last few years. And Lord, it, it hurts us to uh, see people turn their back on you. No one wants to do it, have anything to do with God. But Lord, I thank you for the faithful people that are here tonight. Lord, I pray that you'll bless each one. I pray that you'll help me, Lord. Help me to say the things I need to say and help me not to say anything that doesn't need to be said. Lord, just fill me with your power. I pray that you'll give me the illustrations I need. Give me the words to say. Lord, we uh, will thank you for what you do for us. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. As we read those verses there tonight, we can certainly see that our world is heading to judgment, and a lot of people don't know anything about it. They don't know what's even going on, but there's some a few things I want to look at. There's four things I want to look at tonight that uh, was prevalent in the days of Noah that's prevalent in our world today, and uh, this text gives a graphic description of the days of Noah. And as I read those verses right there, that verse 27, it says they ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given to marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. So I don't see anything wrong with that right there, do you? Those few words that's mentioned right there, it's just normal things that are going on. And that's the way it's going to be when Jesus Christ steps out on the cloud and he says, come up hither. Things will be going on, people won't even recognize that the end has come. But... Uh, 
As, as we look at that, the activities, they don't seem like anything to indicate anything bad. But if you read a little farther and you look back in Genesis, you see that their minds are on evil continually. And uh, that's where our country is today. It's where the world is today. You know, I'm thankful to be an American. I know that uh, our country is slipping. It's on a downward spiral, and it's going quickly as we look at what's going on in the world. But I think about the other countries, how long they have been away from God and how they want nothing to do with God. It's because of a few people like this in this, this meeting here tonight. And there's churches up and down the valley that are meeting tonight. Christian people. There's still a lot of Christians left in this world. And it's all because of God's grace that he hadn't come back yet. But we do know that he's coming soon. And uh, Jesus is teaching us a truth that the last days will resemble the last days just prior to the flood that destroyed the world in Noah's day. We'll see things going on in uh, certainly uh, our culture. We see what's going on in our culture today. I do believe Jesus is coming very soon. But he tells us this so that we might be able to discern the times and know that the end is near. You know, for Christian people, it's no excuse for us not to recognize that our world and our country is in a bad way. Uh, I think each one of us, we need to be in our Bibles a little more and read what's going on. And a lot of it's easy to discern. God will give you the discernment you need as a Christian to read his word. But four things I want to look at tonight that reminds us of the days of Noah. And certainly, we can certainly see that we're in that day. Um, like Noah, we have a mission to accomplish before we leave this world. You know, we're to be busy. You know, once you come to know Jesus Christ, we're to be busy telling others what Jesus has done for us. And uh, that's a small thing to ask for what... Jesus, uh, the price he paid for us on the cross of Calvary, how he shed his blood for each one of us. And if you're a Christian today, you certainly ought to be able to tell someone how you come to know Jesus Christ. If you don't have a testimony and you can't tell somebody how you, how that you uh, know that you have a home in heaven, then you better check up on yourself a little bit more. But a testimony is a wonderful thing, isn't it? It can either be for good or it can be for bad. Let's all have a testimony that would be pleasing to God. But as we look at this today, we look at the... First thing is the acceleration of sinfulness. And certainly, haven't we seen that in the last days, in the last years, how quickly things are going? You know, I think back when I was in high school, and it hadn't been that long, but I guess it has been a little while. But, you know, back when I was in high school, what was the worst things you'd see? You might see somebody smoking some pot, or you might see somebody drinking alcohol, or, you know, some of the things that were going on. But today... Everything is just so crazy with sin. There's sin everywhere. Everywhere you look, uh, people have no fear of God anymore. You know, there used to be a respect. Even somebody, you could call them a drunk or whatever, they had respect. They had fear of God, and they had respect for the Christian people. And not so today. Nobody wants to hear about Jesus. They don't want to, they don't appreciate, and they don't respect you for who you are. Just the moral decay that's going on in our country, it, it really bothers me. And, um, you know, I think, we owe God so much more for what he did for us. But the world just seems like they have no, the moral decay is terrible. The sexual perversion that's going on in this world, it's, it's sickening what's going on and all that's going on in this world. And I won't get into all that tonight. We've all just come, we're in the book of Romans. We've all read what's going on and um, what uh, God gave uh, there to read. But uh, then we look at the drugs and the alcohol witchcraft there's so many things we could name a bunch of sins tonight 
But I'm telling you, each one of you, search your own heart. We all have sins in our life, our lives that we need to confess and we need to get rid of and we need to forsake those things. But the acceleration of sinfulness, now we could say a whole lot here, but uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 24 and 30 through 32, which our pastor preached on a, just a few weeks ago, read those things, what's going on. You can see what's going on in our country today. You know, if it was sin in Noah's day, it's still sin, isn't it? You know, that's something that... Uh, seems like our world's got away from too. When I was a young man, if it was sin then, it's sin now. But we don't hear much preaching on that or talking about naming sins. But we all know, we all know, when you do something wrong, if you have the Holy Spirit living with you, it, it rebukes you and it lets you know that you've done wrong. Confess that sin so that you can have fellowship with God and so that you can be go to God in prayer and He'll hear your prayers. We need to confess those things. Uh, look back in Genesis chapter 6, too. We're going to look at a few verses here along the way. So if you want to mark that, Genesis chapter 6, uh, we'll look at a few verses. It's there in verse 4 of Genesis chapter 6, it said, There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in, unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men, of renown. You know, when you read that, if you read over that pretty quickly, you don't see anything wrong with that. There was males and females got married, but God, it wasn't what he wanted. It was a lack of spiritual separation. You know, as Christians today, we need to be a separated people. You know, when you come to know Jesus Christ, the Bible says old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. We need to have a different outlook on life. Uh, get out of that sinful things, that sinful habits and all the things that... Uh, plagued our lives before we come to know Jesus Christ. But you know, God demands a total separation from liberalism, false religion, and all those things like that. God expects us to be separated. You know, the Bible says, can two, um, unless two can be in agreement, how can they have fellowship with one another? You know, you be careful. You know, I think about, uh, John preached on that a little while back, but he's talking about, um, you know, Jesus was a, he was a friend of sinners, but he didn't always hang around sinners. Now, he would do what he had to do to be a friend to them, and then he would preach to them or teach to them. You know, it's okay, but we don't need to be hanging around the world. If it do, the world will drag you down. You need to be careful who you hang with. Be friends. I mean, I love people, and I love to make a new friend every day if I can, and it's a wonderful thing, and that's the way you, you have to do that before you can tell them about Jesus, but you, you need to be a friend to them, but you don't have to live like them. 2 Corinthians 6, 17 says, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. You know, uh, God expects us to come out from those things. Be a separate, separate person. Be, uh, live a separated life. We don't have to live like the world. If you're a Christian, be a Christian. If you're going to live of the world, then you are, are of the world. We don't have to be of the world. But uh, then in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5 there, it says, here I am, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. I don't know how it can get much worse than that, much more plain than that. Everything that went into their minds was on evil continually. That's the reason we need to be in God's Word. It's hard to think about bad things when you're praying and your prayer life is right and you're reading God's Word, and you're telling others about Jesus Christ. The evil doesn't fill your mind when you're like that. Uh, but there's a, such a lack of moral standards anymore. 
it really sounds, the day there in uh, Noah's day sounds like the day that we're living in. Um, anything goes. But you know, however, God's standards for us as Christians is one of total holiness and clean living before him. The Bible says, be ye holy for I am holy. That's what God says. And we're to, what are we if we're Christians? We're little Christ. We're to be like God. We're to live and want to be like him. If you're a Christian, then you ought to be like God. There ought to be holiness in your life. Get that dirt out of our lives, the junk that uh, we indulge ourselves in. We need to be careful what we watch and what we hear and what we see and uh, have a life of holiness before God. 1 Peter 1, 16 says, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Amos 3, 3 says, Can two walk together except they be agreed? You know, we have to live in this world, but we don't have to be of this world. Be careful how you live your life. Uh, be a good testimony for God. Uh, and then see, a lack of spiritual discernment. You know, men are blind to the truth of the scripture. And, you know, the Bible says, you know, if you to read God's word, you have to be spiritually discerned. The Holy Spirit has to help us to understand God's word. And there's, <laughs> there's a lot in here that I don't want to understand. But if I search it and ask God to help me, you help me understand those kind of things. But the world is blind to uh, God's word. Um, and then we see the demands of a holy God. When you, when you read the word of God, he demands some things of us. And uh, if you're one of his children, you need to live for him. And uh, doesn't it hurt you when your children don't want to live for you? They don't want to do what's pleasing to you. You know, when I used to be, I think of my daddy so much. I talk about him every day of my life. But I didn't want to hurt him. I always wanted to do what he expected of me. And he was a good Christian man, so what he expected of me, it was what God expected of me. We need to be like that, and we should be, we should be broken when we hurt our Lord. And uh, so many times today, I think, it, you know, anything goes, you just, uh, too many of the Christian people in this world live like the devil. Uh, but he expects better from us. And then the approaching judgment of God. We have to realize that uh, there's consequences for our sin. You know, we certainly sin. We all sin. We don't mean to all the time, but it, it happens. Confess those sins. God will make it uh, uh, clear to you when you've uh, failed him. But we need to uh, confess those sins. There's judgment for our sins. And I'm just so glad that Jesus Christ paid my judgment there on cross of Calvary. I won't have to face judgment any time in my life because I've, he paid that debt for me, a debt that I could not pay for myself. You know, Satan's responsible for a portion of that blindness. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. You can turn there or you can listen when I get there. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4. I can get the pages to turn. It says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. People can't see the light because the, the God of this world, Satan, has blinded their eyes. So many people in this world, um, you know, it's just, it's hard for me to understand or say, but there's so many people that don't know anything about Jesus Christ. They want nothing to do with him. They prepare for everything, but getting their lives ready and getting their hearts ready for God to face, not have to face the judgment that's going to come. But, you know, also man is also, he has a choice. Joshua 24, verse 15. We all pretty much know this verse by heart. 
back here in the Old Testament somewhere. Joshua 24, verse 15, and said, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. And then Joshua said, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, certainly that's where it starts. We need to uh, teach our families, and we need to uh, bring our families up, bring your children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It's for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. You know, we, had, we need to have some standards, and uh, we need to be tight on those kind of things. I admire a lot of the young people that's bringing up their children in this church, bringing them to church, and teaching them the Word of God. You know, that uh, they won't stray away from it when they get old. You know, it's no guarantee. Uh, God says to bring them up in the way of the Lord, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. But we all have a will. Each one of us is born with a will. There's no guarantee. You can't make your children accept Christ, but I'm telling you, you're doing the right thing by bringing them up and teaching them at home and teaching them in church and, and uh, living a good example before them. So there's an acceleration of sin. We'll all agree on that. And certainly it is getting bigger and crazier and faster and faster all the time. But then the second thing is an approaching storm. There in verse 7 of Genesis chapter 6, it says, And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping thing and the fowls of the air. For it repenteth me, that I have made them. When he says it repenteth me that I made them, it didn't mean he made a mistake. It didn't mean that, you know, I, I messed up somewhere. But it broke his heart. It broke his heart. Doesn't it break your heart when your children uh, get away from God and they don't live the life that they should? And doesn't it break God's heart when each one of us is a Christian? We fall into sin and we walk away from God. You know, so many times we see people, they'll come to know Christ and they'll live for him a little while and then they just seem to walk away from him. You know, it's a, the Bible says if you're going to live for Christ, you have to take up your cross daily. It's, ever, it's a daily thing. It's not an easy thing to live for God. Uh, let's just all face it. There's so many temptations out there, and I'm thankful to live in the day that I live in today. You know, a lot of times we say, boy, I wish I could, I could go back and live my life 50 years ago, 100 years ago. You know, I kind of like where we are, a lot of the things. I don't like the this, this sin and all the things that goes along with it. But God put us here for a certain, he, he created each one of us for a certain time as this. And we're here. We're here to serve him. But uh, this approaching storm, um, there was a storm coming, and there in Noah's day, they weren't ready for it. And um, the rapture and the tribulation in our day, how many people are ready for that? You know, the Bible says he will come as the twinkling of an eye. He will be here, and he'll take us home to be with him. You won't have time to get ready. If you're not ready now, you won't be ready. But there's a storm coming. And, uh, and again, uh, the rapture will take place. He will call us, says, come up hither. We will be with him. In Revelation chapter 4, it talks about that, how that anyone that knows Jesus Christ will go up to be with him. We'll be in heaven with him. And then shortly after that, the tribulation period will start for seven years. And uh, that'll be a time of hell on this earth that we can't even understand or uh, fathom in our minds how bad it is. But there will be many people left on this earth, millions and millions of people that will have to go through that terrible time. Then it only gets worse after the tribulation period. So many of them will have to go to hell because they never trusted Jesus Christ during that time. Matthew 24, 44 says, Therefore be you also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. So there is a storm approaching. 
you know, people were prepared for anything. You can call for two inches of snow and empty all the cells at Walmart, and uh, everybody gets ready, you know. I got to, I got to, I'm pretty sure if you're not ready for one day, you're not going to make it anyway. But people will prepare their hearts for anything, but they won't prepare to meet their God. And uh, today is the day of salvation. Make sure that today that you know Jesus Christ. And I'm going to my fifth, I'm going to go to three instead of five. It won't make sense. But uh, I like what Randy taught last week. There comes a day, and then there was a day Randy preached, uh, taught last night. That was really, last week, that was really good. There's coming a day, then if you're not ready to meet the Lord, there won't be another chance for you. Anybody that's in this audience tonight, if you've heard the word of God preached, you've heard a clear presentation of the gospel, if you're not ready when the, when the rapture takes place, you won't come to know God during the tribulation period. He's going to uh, send a strong delusion. People won't accept Jesus Christ if they've already heard the gospel preached. It won't be any time for them. But this world is headed toward judgment and don't even recognize it. They don't recognize the magnitude or the force of it, what's coming. You know, a terrible storm is a, is a bad thing. And uh, God used that. And he used that storm in uh, Noah's day, the flood. He killed everybody but eight people with that flood. And uh, I know it repented him. It broke his heart. But the terrible calamities of the tribulation period... Just be thankful that we don't have to go through that as a Christian. We'll be in heaven, and uh, that's just a blessing. But the day of grace will, uh, that we're living in today, aren't you glad that we were born in this time, this uh, dispensation, the day of grace? We're all saved by grace. Uh, it's all by faith through grace. But um, there's a storm coming, and the lost must be warned. As in Noah's day, many won't heed. You can tell people about Jesus Christ. A lot of times people won't heed. You know, I think of our a church service on Sunday morning, how many people come and they come and they come, and they still don't know Jesus Christ. They don't heed the word. But uh, what we're to do is to be faithful anyway. 2 Timothy 4.3 says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. People don't believe in absolute truth anymore. You know, this is the absolute truth. I believe every word of it. And uh, every jot and every tittle, the Bible says, every, every bit of it, I believe. And, uh, but a lot of the world today says there is it's no such thing as absolute truth, but there is. And the Word of God is the absolute truth. But, um, but man likes he does what seems right in their own eyes. So we see an acceleration of sinfulness, an approaching storm. And then the third thing, we see an active Savior. Uh, we'll go back to Genesis and refer to that one more time verse 5 and 6, and said, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. So we see, you know, God was busy in Noah's day. He saw what was going on. He sees what's going on in our day. He was observing and keeping records of what's gonna, that was what was going on in that day. He knew who was lost, who was uh, saved and who was living for God and who wasn't. He knows your heart today, every one of us. He knows my heart and he knows yours. He knows the thoughts that we allow to come into our minds and uh, the bad things that we allow into our hearts. Uh, Hebrews 4 verse 13 said, Neither is any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. You know, you might fool a lot of people, and a lot of people may not see what's going on in your life 
maybe in your private time? Or what, what do you do? You are who you are when you're alone, I will tell you that. Um, you know, a lot of times we can fool a lot of people. We can fool the preacher. We can fool each one of you sitting in these pews here today. But you don't fool God. He sees your heart. He's watching you. He knows what's going on. We have an omniscient, omnipresent, omni, um, omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent God, all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-present. He's the righteous judge, and he's keeping the records. He's keeping account of what's going on in our lives today. He still sees everything that happens in this world and in the heart of man. You know, God was disturbed by what he saw there in Genesis. You know, to make this beautiful world that he created and put man here, created in the image of God, the glory of God. He loved man, and he still loves each one of us. But then he destroyed it because of the because of the sin and because of the wickedness of it. And he's still disturbed by what he sees today. I know my Savior is disturbed what's going on. It breaks his heart when he sees his children sin against him. You know, and I don't like that new saying you see everywhere, God gets us. Um, that bothers me. God doesn't get us. I mean, God knows that we're sinners. He knows that we're not perfect, and he knows that we're going to fall. He knows that we're going to fail. But it's almost like they boasted of it. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I sin, but God, he understands it. God, he gets it. God doesn't get it. He doesn't understand that. And it, it bothers him. He sees the wickedness of man, and, it, and it, it's bothering him to see what's going on in this world. I think he ought to reword it and say, instead of God gets us, he ought to say God's going to get us. He's going to get us for not uh, obeying him and not living for him. Uh, certainly there's um, um, forgiveness for sin. God does that, but God doesn't get it. And when we just, we just live a life of sin and say, well, it's going to be all right, God, he understands us. He knows that I'm weak. God does know that we're weak, but he doesn't get it. Um, you know, there should be brokenness in our heart when we uh, fail God. And, you know, God, uh, he doesn't hold our sin over us, but we need to for, uh, forsake those sins. You know, once I come to know Jesus Christ, when, when I gave my heart to him and I asked him to forgive me my sin. My sins were buried in, buried in the deepest sea. And uh, far in the, in the sea of forgetfulness, God forgive my sins. But one day we're going to stand before him. We're going to give an account of what we've done with our life and what we do for God. So there was an acceleration of sin, an approaching storm, an active Savior. Then the fourth thing, and uh, that applies to us, an able spokesman. You know, Noah was God's mouthpiece in that day. 2 Peter 2, verse 5, it says, And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. God preached the coming judgment there for 120 years. You know, I think about that, his faithfulness to preach and to, to build that ark the way God told him to. And the Bible says that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But um, what grace that is. Even while God was planning judgment, he was still reaching out to sinners. Those, that 120 years. You know, God could have just destroyed this earth instantly. But he gave him another 120 years to repent. But man didn't repent. Only Noah and Miss Noah, the three children and their wives, were saved. But, um, you know, he wanted others to be like Noah. He wanted them to get saved. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And that's just our God. That's what he does. Um, He's uh, long-suffering, but one day it's going to be over. And we are God's spokesman in this day that we live. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But 
Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in, that is in you with meekness and fear. You know, we all have a testimony. Somebody asks you, uh, what is your testimony? What, what do you know about God? You ought to be able to give him an answer, who Jesus Christ is. And that's all you got to ask anybody when uh, any of these cults or any of these other religions, who is Jesus to you? And Jesus is my Savior, and that's what we depend on. He's the one that died for our sins. He's the only one that could give his life and take it back up again. And uh, that's all you have to ask anybody. Who is Jesus to you? Our duty before the Lord is to be certain that we do our duty before the Lord. We're to go and tell. We're not guaranteed any results. You know, think about Noah, preached 120 years, and no converts except for his own family. And, you know, a lot of people would say, well, he was a failure. He preached 120 years, and nobody come to know Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, I don't think so. It says his three sons, their wives, and Miss Noah was on the ark with him. And I've been thinking about that, and as I studied that, I thought about that. You know, myself, if I can go to heaven and I can take my whole family to heaven with me, then I would think that I was a blessed man and God was good to me. And uh, so don't think that Noah was a failure. He did what he was supposed to. And I think about that day, how that uh, Shem, Ham, and Japheth and their wives and Miss Noah and Noah all went to heaven. It's a hard day to raise a family in those days, wasn't it? I think about Noah. But you know, you know our, our our mission starts at home, and um, we need to bring up our children and make sure that we teach them the things of God. Make sure that they're faithful and we go to church with you when you're little. I, I, again, I commend those who do that. But our purpose and our ministry and our mission is in the home first, and then in the church, and then into the world. But when Noah was on that ark, he could rest with the assurance that he had done what God. It commanded him to do. And I'm telling you, one day when you stand before God, wouldn't it be a wonderful thing? I hope it is a wonderful thing to you that God says, well done, good and faithful servant. And uh, you'll say, well, I tried to do what I could. And uh, that's what we need to do. We need to do what we can. But, uh, you know, I think about, I've been reading about Enoch a lot. And uh, I like what it said there. It said when Enoch, I think he was 60 years old when he was, it, when Methuselah was born, and it said that Enoch began to walk with God. I'm telling you, that's very important. When you're uh, a young parent and your children are born, if you hadn't already walked with God, it's a time to walk with God. And I think that Enoch uh, walked like some three, 300 years with God before God took him home with him. But, you know, these are the last days. All we got to do is look around. I'm thankful I'm saved. I will never have to face the tribulation, the judgment, or hell. But there's a lost world around us that needs Jesus Christ. We need to be busy, busy in this world, telling others about Jesus because our time is limited, time is short. And uh, certainly, let's pray for one another. Let's pray for one another's family. Uh, let's make sure we take our families to, God, to heaven with us. And uh, what a blessing that is. But you know... These days, when I look about this, these four things, the acceleration of sinfulness, the approaching storm, the active Savior, and an able spokesman. Four things that were prevalent in Noah's day, the same four things are prevalent in the day that we live. That's the reason I believe that this is the last days, and I believe that Jesus is coming soon. Father, I love you. I thank you for this time. 
Lord, I thank you for your word. Certainly, Lord, I feel like I've not done it justice, Lord, but uh, I love the truths of your word. And certainly we can learn as the days of Noah, so shall it be when you come back again, when you return. Help each one of us to be busy about our Father's work. Help us to tell others about Christ, that we could take them to heaven with us. And uh, we'll thank you for what you do. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.